in your Bibles this morning, Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter 12, the message title this morning is God has dealt delight in his dealing. God has dealt and we should delight in his dealing. If you'll look with me in Romans chapter number 12, we'll begin in verses 1 and 2 just for familiarity and beautiful passage of scripture. The message will begin in verse number 3 and go through verse number 8. The Bible says in Romans 12, 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Father, we pray you'd bless the preach of your word. Help us to honor you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Look at verse number 3 with me this morning. For I say through the grace given unto me. <clears throat> Paul's saying here, this is something God has given me to do. This is a part that God has given me in the work of the Lord. This is his gift to me. I am going to preach to you. I'm going to write to you. I'm going to tell you some things. This is what God's given me to do. He says, I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. I want you to pay attention to that phrase, God hath dealt. God hath dealt. Now, <clears throat> we live in a unique society. We live in a unique world. And we are very unique people. How many of you in your own life can identify in your, of yourself some certain idiosyncrasies? You do some things that are a little bit odd. How many of you say, there are some things I do that are a little bit odd? If that's you, would you raise your hand? I'm raising my hand. I could actually raise both of my hands because I'm unusual. And so are you. And the Bible says something very important here. God hath dealt. God hath dealt. I like that the word dealt. It's hard to be a preacher and try to describe the word dealt without making some poker uh, illustration. So I'm just not going to do that. Today's illustration is going to be a very sanctified card game. Uno. Yeah. How many of you have ever played Uno? So you know what I'm talking about. Uno. How many of you feel like the person that 
plays Uno and you always get dealt the bad hand. How many of you feel like that's you? Yeah, yeah. I hope by the end of the message you'll get over that. <laughs> dealt. I don't know about you, but when I play Uno, do you know what I want? Draw fours. Reverses. Skips. I want all those ones that I can lay down, especially if I'm playing my sister. If I'm playing my sister, I want all the hard cards. I want her to suffer because I've been dealt such a good hand. Dealt. We understand what it means to to be dealt. Now, the difference between God and a card game is that a card game is random unless you're playing with cheaters. But God's dealing with us, his people, in creation is not random. It's not accidental. It's not circumstantial. God's dealing with us, his people, is actually sovereign, holy, righteous, perfect. Perfect. And God has dealt to all of us a certain measure of faith, a certain giftings, certain abilities, certain idiosyncrasies, certain looks, certain genders. God has dealt to us all very specifically, to use the Uno illustration, a hand that will play perfectly as you attempt to do God's will with your life. God has dealt. God has dealt. We should delight in his dealing. I want you to look at this verse with me, verse number three. The Bible says, I say through the grace that's given to me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Now, the, the beginning here of this verse, God speaking to us, he says, Now listen, God has dealt to you certain things, but I want to remind you of something. Do not think too highly of yourself. Don't think that you're the only person that can do something. Don't think that your position in life is greater than everybody else's. Don't think too highly of yourselves. He says, we need to be humble and understand that none of us can function and live on our own. How many of you are self-made people? Don't raise your hand because in just a moment I can make very clear evidence that none of us are self-made. None of us. How many of you are self-made? None of us are. I couldn't choose who my father was or who my mother was. I couldn't choose the genetics that I have. It was outside of the realm of my ability. I couldn't choose that I was born in this community. But I'll just tell you, I wouldn't have picked anywhere else. I love Chilhowee, Virginia. I couldn't choose the genetics that make me so handsome and a little overweight and balding in my early 40s. But God did. And I want you to know something. He did exactly what he knew that I needed 
in order to fulfill the part in the body of Christ that he designed for me to feel. But I want you to know something. I'm not exclusive. I can't think so highly of myself that God did a good job with me, but he sure didn't do a good job with y'all. What I have to understand, and what you and I, we all need to understand, and what our society needs to know, is that God has perfectly made you to fulfill his will and his plan and do something wonderful with your life as a part of the body of Christ. The devil whispers in our ears and he wants us to be upset with people who have things that we don't or had beginnings that we didn't. The devil wants to lie in our ears and say, well, if you had what they had or looked like they did or came from where they were, or if your background looked just like theirs, then you could really do something, but you don't because you have been gypped. How do you like that word? I love that word, gypped. How do you know what I mean when I say, man, I got gypped. Ripped off, robbed. Came from the shallow end of the gene pool. You can say it however you want to. But I want you to understand something. God has dealt. God has dealt. God has not dealt and hate. Some of you may look at your waistline and say, God must hate me. Some of you look in the mirror in the morning and say, God must hate me. Like all jokes aside, I want you to know something. God loves you. And God has a purpose that is bigger than you. And God has dealt. And God has a plan. And God has a reason. And God can use you uniquely and perfectly the way that you are. Don't let the devil sell you a lie that says you are unfortunate. You cannot accomplish anything with your life. You the Bible says it like this in the same verse, verse number 3. I say through the grace given to me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. It doesn't stop there. But to think soberly. How are we to think? Now, we're to think like Christians. We're to think soberly. And if we understand that God loves you and he does, we understand that God is sovereign, all-knowing, and he is. If we understand that God has put in us the ability and the opportunity and the privilege to serve him and he does and he has then the sober way to think is God has made me uniquely the way he made me and gave me, given me the background that he gave me and given me the parents that he's given me and given me the circumstances of life that he's given me so that he can use them for his glory the sober way to think is God knows what he's doing and I just need to glory in what he's done We live in a society that's so discontent with the circumstances that they have that they fail to see that God can bless any circumstance and God is notorious for using the most difficult of situations in the past to produce the most beautiful things. God has dealt. That's glory in his dealing. When's the last time you thanked the Lord for something that you don't like about yourself. Maybe you should try it. Maybe you should try it. 
I thought back through my teenage years and I loved being a teenager and growing up here in this church and had so many blessings, but I also had a number of things that I were I was uh, shy about, you know. And I look back at my shyness and certain things that bothered me about me. And I just look back and say, you know, God gave me that to protect me. God gave me that to mold me and to push me into the places that I needed to be in. Certain fears that God allowed to be in my life that would protect me. And I'm thankful. The things that I hated about who I was as a child, so many ways God has used. Folks, I just want you to know, God has dealt and we should delight in his dealing. Don't be looking to deny where God's brought you from. Don't be looking to change how God has made you. Rest in the fact that God has dealt. Delight in his dealing. Let's consider three simple things. Number one, I want to remind you that you are a member of the body. You're a member of the body. The Bible says in verse number four, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. We understand, I think, the picture of the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. I think it's a beautiful illustration. It's a perfect illustration. God gave it to us. We're the body of Christ. What's that mean? That means we're all parts fitly joined together to do a great work. Now, there are parts of the body that are very visible, like your great big nose that you don't like. It's visible. You can see it. There are parts of the body that are invisible. Part of my body that does one of the greatest works you've never seen and I've never seen either, my heart. I know it's there. I'm thankful for it, my heart. We're the body of Christ. We all play a different role and have different parts that we do and different things we do. One of the most unjust statements on all of all time is the one that I'm getting ready to say. Are you ready to hear this? I mean, you talk about injustice. I'm getting ready to say it. Injustice. It's awful. People say it all the time. It makes me so mad. I'm so offended. Here it is. You ready? Hand-eye coordination. It's awful. It is the most unjust statement you've ever heard in your whole life. Now everybody's looking at me funny. I'll tell you, it's awful. Can you imagine being an elbow and hearing somebody say, hand-eye coordination? Be like, I don't know what they're thinking, but ain't never been a hand or an eye that could throw a ball without an elbow. Elbow, the elbows are mad because the hands and the eyes get all the attention. Hand-eye coordination, the shoulder union. It's picketing outside the baseball stadiums because hand-eye coordination is the most irrational, uninclusive statement that's ever been because you ain't never seen anybody throw a football well without a shoulder. 
and the biceps get mad and the triceps get mad and the forearms get mad and the wrists get mad and the fingers are upset because the only people who ever get any attention around here for hitting a ball or throwing a ball or catching a ball is the hand and the eye and the minds get mad. And the muscles around the eyes get upset because hand-eye coordination. I think I've taken the illustration far enough. But you understand the point? Now listen. The wrong response is when you're part of the body. Now we all play a vital role. And anybody that's thinking soberly understands that the preacher can't preach unless there's someone there to preach to or it'd be pointless. And the people know that the deacons can't deke unless there's somebody to care for. The folks know the ushers can't usher unless there's some need. And the Sunday school teachers have no point unless someone comes to listen. And the listers have a role because they're growing in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and the body of Christ. We all fit together and we do something. And it just so happens that sometimes the eyes and the hands get the attention, but the biceps and triceps and elbows and shoulders, they play a role too, right? Now what the Lord wants us to know is that God gave some people visible spots. God gave some people notable Talents and things that seem to be up in the front. But the people who have those and understand that they have an up front, a visible role to play in the body also understand that it is impossible to do the work that God has given you without the work that God has given you. We all work together. We all work together. It works in the church. It works in the ministry of the gospel. It works in society. When the elbow goes on strike, the hand-eye coordination is a disaster. When the shoulder doesn't work, and mine doesn't work like it used to, the hand-eye coordination is not as effective. The Bible says we're the body of Christ. Now, I only understand something, and I want to apply this to our own lives. God's given you something to do. Don't be mad because you're not a hand. Be thankful that God made you an elbow. Don't be upset that you're a shoulder instead of an eye. Thank God that God gave you a place and a role. And I'll tell you something. God has given us all something to do in the work of Christ and in this life. You want to find contentment and satisfaction? Then understand that God has dealt and delight in his dealing. Be thankful that God made you the way he made you. Be thankful that God gave you the background that he gave you. You are a member of the body. Look at the next verse, verse number 6. The Bible says in verse number 6, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, where the prophesy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let's wait on our ministry. He that teacheth on teaching. He that exhorteth on exhortation. What's the Bible saying in verse 6? He that having then gifts differing. Gifts. I want you to understand something. Now, I'm not saying that we should just let ourselves go because that's how God made us. Or we should never be trying to be better 
That's not the message at all. But we should be satisfied with how God has designed us. And the Bible says that your differing natures, your differing characteristics, your differing roles and positions in the body, the difference, your difference, being different, is not a curse, it's a gift. What's the Bible saying in verse 6? Having then gifts differing. According to the grace that is given to us. What did God do? God gave you your uniqueness. The first point is you are a member of the body. The second point is different is God's gift. Different is God's gift. God gifted you in a specific way. You know what you need to do? When you're given a gift, what should you do? You should be thankful. Have you ever thought lightly that the things that seem to bother you, the the things that you look on in your life and you look at other people with maybe envy and jealousy and you say, boy, if I had that or if I was like them, then I could. Have you ever thought for just a minute that the very thing that makes you jealous about other people that you don't have is something that you ought to thank God for? Whether you've thought about it or not, it is something you ought to thank God for. You ought to thank God. For some of the troubles you've had to face. You ought to thank God for some of the things about you that bother you. Some of the things that you wish you had different. You need to thank God because God has gifted you with a unique set of circumstances. A unique set of abilities and disabilities. Different is God's gift. Different is God's gift. You're a member of the body. Different is God's gift. And number three, I just want to simply say this. Do you well? Do you well? So in our text, he starts talking about different gifts. This is not a a whole list of the gifts that we have, but this is just some ideas. And he says, if you prophesy, prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Verse 7, if you minister, wait on your opportunity to minister. If you teach, teach. If you exhort, exhort. Verse number 8. And then it changes. It says, do what you do. You're different. Thank God for it. And in verse 8, it changes. He says, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. It's basic and generous. If you're, God has given you the ability to give, give generously. Do it well. If God has given you the ability to give, do it well. If you're a giver, give well. He that ruleth, if you're somebody that can take the rule and lead something, He says, if you are given the ability to rule, then rule with diligence. If you're the kind of person who can show mercy, he says, do it cheerfully. Do it with cheerfulness. And and this is just some examples. The list of gifts and the list of opportunities are vast, but basically all it's saying is whatever God's given you to do, do it well. Do it well. Do everything as under the Lord. Do it well. You see, God has put you here at this moment for a very specific reason. And God has the ability to work through all the hiccups and the uh-ohs and the oopsies of your past to take the days that are ahead 
to use you and his body in a way that can make an eternal difference. Here's what the devil wants. The devil wants you to be jealous of everybody you think has something that you wish you had or can do something that you wish you could do. How many of you watch him play that hammer, Dawson, you wish you could do that? He is so good with a hammer that I'd hold a nail and let him use it. He could start it. I'd hold the nail and let him start it. He's that good with a hammer. I wouldn't do that for most of you, but him, he's good with a hammer. That's something God gave him to do. I'm thankful for it. I'm glad he can. It's awesome. But God has given you things to do. And give you a place and people to influence and a life to live and an opportunity. The devil wants you to be so distracted by other people's gifts that you forget and you can't acknowledge that he's given you a whole host of gifts too. That he's dealt to you a whole stack of draw fours. A whole stack of things that will play well and work out right. The devil wants you to be so bitter towards other people that you cannot enjoy what God's given you. That you cannot thrive with what God has given you. The devil wants you distracted with sin. But what does God want? God wants you to know, hey, listen, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You have a purpose that is eternal, that is designed by God, and He wants to use you exactly the way you are. Don't let the world tell you a lie that somehow you can never thrive because you are atrociously disadvantaged. You are disadvantaged if you let the devil sell you a lie like that. We have an opportunity. As the children of God, we have been dealt something very specific in love that God can use in the most unique way. What should we do? I'll tell you. God has dealt delight in his dealing. That thing that makes you jealous, thank God for it. That thing that makes you angry, thank God for it. That thing that makes you bitter, thank God for it. Instead of being sucked into the trap of the devil, you just praise the Lord and let the Lord use you the way he's designed you. And you'll find out it's a blessing. It's a blessing. And you have a role and a place that is perfect. It's sweet. It's fulfilling. That's how God works. Folks, God has dealt delight in his dealing.